0: It was a week ago, uh, that we had church that, um, you know, I don't think anyone anticipated or really in real time could, uh, wrap their heads around what was happening. Julie and I, right after the services in the morning here from the MC, we drove, uh, over to the Fairfax district and we were looking for, you know, ways to participate, ways to jump in. And we we're just, you know, life comes at you very, very fast. And, um. You know, who would have thought the, from last Sunday to this Sunday how much has transpired and um, a lot of pain, a lot of tears, a lot of eyes being opened. I heard from someone uh, yesterday in our church that said, um, I got to be honest, this last week in reference to conversations uh, that really opened his eyes. He thought, you know, I wasn't racist. I, I didn't deal with racism. I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. And just this week, God opened his eyes and dealt with his heart. And um, I feel as if God is, in a great way, pausing us. It's not about a protest. It's about a pause to say, you know what? Is there a problem? You cannot fix a problem that you don't admit that you have. And um, I've been asking our church uh, to do three things. That you would first listen and then you would lead. Sorry, listen, you would learn, and then you would lead. It starts with listening. It, this is not a time for an agenda. It is not a time for an opinion. It is not a time for you to Bring back your rebuttal. One of, the be- one of the best posts I've seen in a while was someone posted, you know, when when the Boston uh, Marathon got bombed and everybody said, Boston strong, nobody else was saying, you know, how come we're not saying my city strong? And when the Vegas shooting happened and we stood with Vegas and we said, we stand with you, Vegas, how come nobody was saying, how come you don't stand with my city? But when we say Black Lives Matter... How come people wanna inject their opinion of saying all lives matter? It's not what we're saying right now. We are saying black lives matter. We are saying it because this is the truth and this is the reality and you can study the history and you can see how we come to this place as a nation but we have people, brothers and sisters within our community and outside of our community that are hurting and broken and feel silenced and feel marginalized and we are lifting our voice and lifting our ear to say we are here to support we are here to pray we are here if you need somebody to yell at we are here if you need somebody to pray with we are just here for you it's amazing I keep thinking of the story of the Good Samaritan the Good Samaritan is one of our favorite Bible stories because there's a guy on the side of the road that's been beaten and hurt And he's there on the side of the road. And all these people keep passing. All these people are not paying attention to a problem. But a good Samaritan comes by and says, get on my shoulder. I'll pay for your medical bill. I'll put you up at the Holiday Inn. I will be there for you. Why can't we as a church just say we're going to step up and be a good Samaritan. And if people on the side of the road are broken and hurting, why can't we just say that we're going to stand with you and you can ride with me and I'm going to be there for you? It's amazing to me how many people just want to be quick to speak. But I will tell you, the Bible says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. So now is the time to listen. Now is a time to learn. How did we get here? What has transpired? And why do you feel this way? It's a time of listening. It's a time of learning. It is a time of leading. Leading what? Leading yourself to healing. Leading yourself if there's scales on your eyes. Leading your, yourself if there's har- you've been harboring bitterness. Leading your conversations around the dinner table. Leading your children to raise them up to see color. We're not saying we want to raise a generation that doesn't see color. We want to see the beauty of color. We want to see color in all of its beauty. And so I'm asking you as a church, it has been one heck of a week. And part of the reason why it has been one heck of a week is because we can't gather. Do you know what it would have been like last Sunday to gather as a church? and to look our African-American brothers and sisters in the eyes and say, I love you, I'm for you, I'm with you, let's pray, let's hug, let's embrace, let's commit our devotion to one another, it would have been a different narrative. But because we can't gather, we need to use our phones and use our texts and use our FaceTime and use our social media to let the black people in our church know, I'm going to ride with you. And so remember, remember, remember. Distance will always bring distortion. And lack of proximity and lack of presence will always get people to question whether you really care. And so please hear me to the black people of our church we care, we love you, we're for you, we're raising our voice, and we are focusing all of our affection, our attention on the people that have felt marginalized and silenced. I have gone uh, to a couple protests this last week, peaceful protests with the intent of my heart to say to the black people of our nation and of our church, I love you. I'm with you. And may my actions speak louder than words. If you feel like you're white and you don't know what to say right now. And let me just speak to anybody that feels like, I don't know what to say. Welcome to the club. Well, you know, I don't want to come off this and I don't think it's, we all feel that way. I have felt that way so many times, but can we be a church that just says, even though if I don't know what to say, I'm going to say something and I might not get it right, but just know from the purity of my heart, I'm with you. I'm for you. I pray that you understand the identity of Zoe. Zoe is a faith-filled church. Zoe is a church of kindness. Zoe is a church of generosity. Zoe is a church of compassion. And we cannot be the church that prays for the people that face a hurricane and prays for the people that face earthquakes and prays for the people that face natural disasters, but we don't care about the people within our church that are facing hardship and pain and struggle. And so let let, let me just be honest. We put out a statement we are giving money but above and beyond that we are being a church that is to the best of our ability part of the narrative of change we are not here to perpetuate hate we are not here to declare someone is so wrong as much as we are here to declare the love of God let me just say to Zoe if you're wondering why it's been a crazy week what's going on with Zoe our mission is still the same Our mission is people would know God and find freedom, discover their gift, and make a difference. People would know God. We exist first as a church, that the lost will be found. People that don't know the love of Jesus will come to a knowledge and understanding of the love of Jesus Christ. And we pray that they don't just know God, but they find freedom. Freedom for the hurt. Freedom for the broken. Freedom for the addict. And freedom for the racist. We don't look at racist people and like, oh, man, just get out. No, we love them. We pray for them, that God would remove the scales and remove the bitterness and remove the years of bondage and the generations that come. We pray for them. Come on, church. We're going to love them and pray for them and ask God to find freedom in their life. And we pray they discover your gift. I pray that people would discover their gifts and your gifts would be fanned into flame in this season. The gift to, 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 to use your platform, the gift to, to, uh, of art and photography and design and film, use your gifts and make a difference. We want to, listen, we are not here to be a church that just gathers on Sunday and we just gather with a bunch of Christians. No, we want to make a difference on the cul-de-sac of faith and culture and the crossroads of faith and the crossroads of culture. We are here to make a difference so that the world would see. There is a church that is willing to cry. There is a church that is willing to listen. There is a church that is willing to raise their voice. Zoe, let me just tell you who you are. You are here to make a difference. We're not called to be a quiet church. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. We cannot be hidden. Why? We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. What is different? It's different because we're protesting in the name of love. We're pro- Someone's like, you know what? Someone told me this last week. We need to get back to the gospel. This is the gospel. What part of the gospel do you not understand? The gospel is good news. Good news, Jesus loves you. Good news, God has a plan. Good news, there is a church that is the hope for humanity. And so just hear me as the heart of your pastor, that we are to the best of our ability, injecting ourselves into the narrative of hope and change. Our mission has not changed, and our message will remain the same forever. Our message is Jesus. Every time we gather, we're going to sing about Jesus. We're going to get into the scriptures to learn more about Jesus. And when we leave these these services, we're going to to live lives that permeate and reflect the love of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to put down your political opinion. The message is not politics. The message is Jesus. Our message is not some agenda. Our message is Jesus Christ. So this is our mission, and this is our message, and our methods are fluid. Our methods are always changing. By the way, our methods, we're not gathering today at the Bancroft, the Valley, or the East. We have a method now of delivering it to you on YouTube, Facebook. Come on, we on Twitter today, and, and even on Instagram. So we are finding the right method. Zoe, we have to do things that nobody else is doing to reach people that nobody else is reaching. We are trying to reach a dark, broken, messed up culture that needs the love of Jesus Christ. We are not here to do anything other than to reach people that don't believe that God's love is for them. That Jesus would love a broken person like them that Jesus would love somebody that is so messed up and so filled with sin and so filled with damage and brokenness and abuse we are here to tell them and we will use any method to tell them our message because this is our mission I want you to clap right now wherever you're at and thank God we are not moving our mission we are not moving our message but our method will do anything to reach anyone and I thought I thought I thought that uh, Tylin did a great job. Shout out to Tylin Win. Shout out to Donovan Carter that did a phenomenal job in our midweek service. Our midweek service when she said, you know, the greatest picture right now is that Jesus. He you know he takes he leaves the ninety nine to go find that lost sheep, and she said someone sent her a meme of that lost sheep right now is a black sheep. And Jesus, by his outstretched arm, is trying to say to the black community, my love is for you. I am with you. And I'm just going to press pause on America to awaken my nation. We are one God. We are one nation under God. The love of God. And so, hear the heart of your pastor today. That we will stand in great security and great confidence. We will lead with a clear conscience why? because we know our mission and we know our message we know who we are we know what God's called us to do and we know that racism is wrong racism is diabolical by nature and it is evil at its core it has nothing to do with the gospel message and I don't want to hear anybody justify this and that no, it's wrong and we're calling it wrong and we're saying from our church, black lives matter. They matter. And I believe that God, as we raise our voice, will heal not only our country, not only our city, but I pray that God will heal the brokenness of black people in our church. That you will know that your, the, the team leads, the staff, and your pastors are in your corner and fighting for your life. We love you. 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 We need peace. We need Jesus. We need Jesus right now. More than ever before, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Church right right now wherever you're at. Let's just pray. Jesus, we need you in our nation. We need you in Los Angeles. And we need you at Zoe Church. I pray that the black people of our church will feel the love that surpasses knowledge and understanding, that they will know, God, that you are fighting for them right now. Use us in our city and use us with our friends and our family. We pray a spirit of unity. Unify us as a community. Lord, strengthen us together as a church. We love you more than anything else. We surrender to your love. Remove the scales from anyone. Remove the scales right now, Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that you are so great. In Jesus' name. And everybody say together, amen and amen. Can I encourage you, and I will preach in just a moment, but can I encourage you with those three L's? Listen, learn, and lead. Listen well. Learn well and lead well. Be a good friend in this time. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you can, turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 16. John 16, go there in the scriptures. And we are going to continue on in part two of our series on baptized by fire. Let's read John 16 verse 7. It says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. This is Jesus, and he is speaking to his group, and he's saying, Oh, guys, I'm telling you, I know you think I'm good, but somebody better's coming. I know you think that you want me to stay, but you do not want me to stay. You want me to go, because if I leave, I will send to you the Holy Spirit. I will send to you the helper. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title of today's message. It's called, If There Was Ever a Time I Needed God, It's Now. Don't you feel like that this week? If there was ever a time I needed God, it's right now. I felt like that every single day, about all day long and night. If there was ever a time I needed God, I needed, we, we deal with this kind of thought, this kind of feeling sometimes, you know what I mean? If like you ever wake up in the morning, it's like, if there's ever a time I needed a cup of coffee, it is right now. If there's ever time I needed a three months vacation away from my children, it's right now. If there was ever a time I need a homeschool to end, it's right now. You, you, you have these kind of feelings. If there was ever, a time I needed to sit at a restaurant and have somebody serve me, it's right now. By the way, this Friday, some of it's starting to open back up. Go crazy in the chats if you're excited to go to a restaurant in the near future and have somebody serve you. If you're tired of making your own food or picking up some Postmates at your door, give me an amen today. If there was ever a time that I needed God, it's right now. There is a difference between wants and needs. And right now, it's not just that we want God. Remember in life, you're not always going to want God to speak. You're not always going to want his presence. You're not always going to want to do the godly thing. You're not always going to live in want. But there are times in life where you come to need. God, I need you to heal my family member. God, I need you to deliver me a check right now. God, I need you to give me a word over my life. God, I need you to deliver me from this sin I'm in. Come on, if there was ever a time that I needed God, it's right now. Give me an amen at the MC and give me an amen in the chat rooms right now. We need him. We need God right now. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are so good. You're so kind. You're so loving. We are calling on the character and the nature of our God today. We thank you that you are a very present help in our time of need. We love you more than anything else in Jesus name. And everybody said together, amen. amen. Let me give you five things to write down today five things to think about when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. These are five truths that the Holy Spirit is in your life. Number one, we need the Holy Spirit to comfort us in our pain. Just love this. We need the Holy Spirit. This is who he is. He is a comforter. In fact, this is, it, it, this is his name. His name means comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener stand by we need the comforter to come and comfort us in our pain we do not serve the god you know that crazy dad that's like come on stop crying Don't you cry. No tear. We don't serve the God that in our pain is like, stop crying. You don't have a reason to cry. That's not God. God comforts us in pain. He comes alongside of us in our struggle. Oh, I love Proverbs. The book of Proverbs has a great verse, and it says, There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is a friend that in your pain draws near to you. Some of your friends don't know how to handle your emotions right now. Some of your friends don't know how to deal with your pain. Some of your friends don't know how to handle what you're posting right now. But there is a comforter that has come to comfort you in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your hardship. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to stick closer than a brother right now. I love this about my four year old, my little, my little Mav the Sav, my little Mavvy boy. He, he is, he is his mother's shadow. Everywhere his mom goes, he's just, like, right next to her, and he, like, he headbutts her all day long. It's just like he's he's got a headbutt problem. And and so I left for a couple hours yesterday, and I get back home, and Julie comes outside. She's like, I'm about to lose it. And I was like... (laughs) That's our everyday struggle. And she's like, I, uh, me too. She's like, I'm about to lose it. And I'm like, what happened? She's like, this one right here won't let me even go to the bathroom. Everywhere I go, she's like, I just need two minutes in my room by myself. I just need two minutes. And so I grab Mav. I, you know, allow Julia to go c- c- gather herself and I grab. But everywhere he, Julia goes is where Mavie boy goes. Everywhere Julia goes, he just sticks right there. The Holy Spirit is the great comforter that everywhere you go, I don't care if you go to the worst place, to a dark place, to a hard place, or a great place. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. He said, I've come to comfort you in the midst of your pain. I'm not here to coddle you. I'm here to comfort you. I'm not here to give ear to your criticism and ear to this and that. I'm not here to just coddle your pain. I'm here to comfort your pain. I'm here to comfort it like an icy hot. I'm here to comfort it like medicine. I'm here to comfort it like oil. I'm going to bring it to life. I'm going to bring it to restoration. I'm going to bring it to reconciliation. I'm going to bring it to being right. Somebody thank Him right now. The Holy Spirit, Spirit is my comforter. He's not here to coddle me in this time. He would not demean me like that. He is here to comfort me in this time. I love this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. Write down number two. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us away from the lies and deception. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us away from the lies and deception. Please hear me. There is a wicked one at work who is very strategic by nature. The Bible says he, ro- he, he walks around like a devouring lion searching for those whom he can destroy. He wants to destroy homes. He wants to destroy friendships. He wants to de- destroy nations. And he wants to destroy churches. He is a devouring lion searching for those whom he can destroy. And his greatest tactic to begin destruction, to rip a nation apart, is he always leads people down paths of deception, which start with lies. This is his oldest trick in the book. This is how he got Adam and Eve, the first people on earth, to begin to question, did God really say that? Come on, man. Did? His greatest tactic in your life is to get you to question truth. Hasn't he been doing that this week in your head? Do they really care about you? Do they really have your back? Is your church really in your corner? The greatest tactic of the enemy to bring division Is to get you down a path of lies and deception. But the Holy Spirit will never lead you down a path that is fruitless, that is destructive, that has no future. The Holy Spirit leads you into truth. Oh, I love this. John 16, watch the Holy Spirit. When, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will get you down a path of truth. Remember, this is the truth of Jesus, who Jesus is in your life. He will get you down the path of Jesus. Remember, Jesus says, I give you my truth so that my truth may be in you. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You cannot live in deception and be free. You can only live in truth and find freedom so the holy spirit says here's truth truth is i got a future truth is i'm for you truth is you haven't seen nothing yet truth is the best is yet to come truth is i died for your sins truth is come on somebody thank him right now i'm not listening to the wicked one that wants to deceive me and lie to me i will not go down into that path of bondage i will live in freedom which is living in truth Oh, I think when when he looks at the guys, he's like, "Guys, you 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 need me to go. You need me. You need me to get out of here. You trust me because I'll send the one, the great eh, divine encourager. It it, it, it is to your advantage." They're probably thinking at the time like, "Bruh, what?" By the way, new favorite word is "bruh." (laughs) But when I text it, I don't just text "bruh" because I feel awkward saying "bruh," so I always put quotes, "bruh." (laughs) I'm forty. I'm 40. I wonder if they're kind of like, bro, are you kidding? I go back to bro. (laughs) Bro. That was mixing both together. How could we have an advantage? How could we have an advantage if you're away? Oh, yeah, because there's going to be a spirit inside of you that's speaking to you. And when you're sleeping, and when you're getting in your car, and when you're looking through Instagram, there's gonna be a spirit in you that's like, nope, that's a lie. Nope, it's not true. Nope, that's deception. You know you know the truth. Don't you need somebody just to look you in the eyes this week and be like, here's the truth? Most of America's like, I want to know the truth. And the Holy Spirit's like, I'll lead you to truth. Just you keep following my voice. You just keep following where I lead you. You just keep trusting me. I'm not going to lead you down a path. The enemy comes and goes. What, what, what? Did he really say that? Always starts with questioning. The Holy Spirit always leads us into truth. Don't you love that about the Holy Spirit? Write down the third one. I love this truth about the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and counsel. Man, I <laughs> woo. We are living in the midst of pandemics and protests. We need wisdom right now. What is wisdom? It's the application of knowledge. We need more knowledge to, 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 to walk in more wisdom. And the Holy Spirit knows we need wisdom. Wisdom in our parenting. Wisdom in our business. Wisdom in our city. Wisdom with our social media. Wisdom with our activity. We need wisdom right now. But By the way, the opposite of wisdom is foolishness. All throughout the scriptures the, it, it talks about the fool. The fool vents his anger. The fool speaks out of his own accord. The fool he, he, he doesn't work hard. Hey, listen, we do not want to be marked by foolishness we want to be marked by wisdom and so the Holy Spirit comes into our life to give us a spirit of wisdom by the way you need to understand this Zoe hear me loud and clear there is two wisdoms in this world there is the wisdom that comes from above and a wisdom that comes from below don't you listen to the wisdom of this world the wisdom of the world it is sensual it is divisive It is has no fruit but it says the wisdom from above it is pure peaceable gentle reasonable unwavering without hypocrisy and bearing fruits with mercy. I don't know about you, but I want God's wisdom. I don't want to know what somebody's posted, some meme, some opinion, some, you better do that. God, you give me wisdom. Oh, look at Ephesians. Watch what it says, Ephesians 1. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I want to tell you the spirit of God is talking to you. Be wise. Be wise right now. Be wise. Be wise. Be wise. Do not be the fool. Do not act a fool. Do not fall into foolish behavior. No, I need somebody that will be wise right now. We need a church that operates in wisdom. We need a people to be wise right now. And the only way we get wisdom is is from the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite guys in the Bible, if you don't know much about the Bible, there's this guy named David in the Bible. He's the best. He's just like, he's a huge character. Besides Jesus, he's probably like our number two. And this guy, David in the Bible, he, he killed a Goliath. He took out all these armies. He's the guy. But the Bible always says about David, it says, David behaved wisely. David behaved wisely. All throughout the scriptures say, David behaved wisely, so his enemy was afraid of him. And then it would say, David behaved wisely, so all of Israel esteemed him highly. In other words, when you have wise behavior, you're going to get, there's going to be some respect on your name. When you have wise behavior, even your enemies will be afraid of who you are because you got wisdom. I pray a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of understanding and a spirit of revelation and a spirit of knowledge over our house and over your life. Somebody thank him right now. We're getting wise right now. We're getting wise. Nothing means more to me than when somebody says, your kids are so well behaved. And I think to myself, way tricked you (laughs) but the reality is is that your behavior is sending a message of whether you have the spirit of wisdom that is not just working in your life but leading your life because the Holy Spirit is always trying to get you to listen to the voice of wisdom is that sometimes you and I We want to have an outburst. We want to give into the flesh. That's why, do you understand that the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to operate in the spirit and not in the flesh? You realize that your greatest battle right now is a spirit-flesh battle. And I want wisdom. Jesus is so wise. They're calling for him. They're, They're mocking him. And yet Jesus, with wisdom, he did not raise his voice. Jesus operated in wisdom at all times, just knowing who he was. He operated in the spirit of wisdom in his life, what he saw fit for his life, because the spirit of God was leading him for his life to operate in wisdom. He thought, you know, for me, for what God has for me, I've got to operate in this. I wonder what the spirit of God is asking you to do. I wonder what the Spirit of God is speaking to your life. Because what Jesus had to do in that moment is not what you have to do in this moment. Jesus is speaking specifically to you about the Spirit of wisdom for you. Number four, I love this. and I feel like the Holy Spirit's talking to our church. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us of how great grace is. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us of how great grace is. Love this about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit comes and he convicts us not of how bad we are, but how good God is. He convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, most of us have to understand that condemnation is from the devil and it drives us away from God, but conviction is from the Holy Spirit and it points us to God. We do not serve the great condemner. We serve the great convictor. And what does he do? Does he make you feel convicted about you said this, you watched this, you partic you you feel bad about your sin? No. The Holy Spirit convicts us of the fact that Jesus paid the price for our sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us in the fact that we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts us that on judgment day, if we want to go sin righteousness and judgment, that on judgment day I am not judged based upon what I did. I I am judged based upon the righteousness that I receive through the blood of Jesus Christ hear me today, hear me today That when the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin righteousness and judgment, sin righteousness and judgment, sin righteousness and judgment, he convicts you of the fact that Jesus paid for your sin he convicts you on the fact that you are righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ God is not mad at you today, God is not disappointed in you today, God is not up in heaven crossing his arms going what is wrong with you no God when he looks at you he is pleased with you because he can't even see you to be honest, in fact because it says in the scriptures your life is hidden in christ so when god looks at you all he sees is jesus all he sees is his son all he sees is the sacrifice so he's well pleased because of the life of jesus not because of your behavior anybody thankful today that because of the sin righteousness and judgment that i am made right because of jesus i am well today and be encouraged today be encouraged be encouraged today That the Holy Spirit, when he, listen, the next time you mess up big, the next time you make a mistake, the next time you're feeling all guilty and under shame and under condemnation, you need to understand that the Holy Spirit is trying to lift your head by convicting you of how good he is, how much he loves you, how much he's for you. He's trying to get you convicted that God does have a future, not because of your mistake, but because of the cross that sets you free. Amen. Amen. Here's the last one, number five. And Worship team, you can come play with me. Uh, I I, I love this last thought. We need the Holy Spirit to remind us of who we are. All this I have spoken to you while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Holy Spirit will teach you and remind you. He is the great teacher and he is the great reminder. I feel like this week, with all of its ups and downs and all of its pain and all of its tears and all of its emotions and what has come to the surface in our country, I feel like we need to hear God say, this is who you are. This is who you are. Maybe you didn't have a father in your life to tell you who you are. You have a father in heaven that's living on the inside through the Spirit of Jesus to tell you who you are. First time we ever see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit show up, the three of them in one place at one time, is at the baptism of Jesus. And Jesus comes out the water and God opens up the heavens and starts to speak. The Holy Spirit descends on, on, on his shoulder like a dove. So it's the Father and the Son the Holy Spirit and God says over His Son, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to Him. Maybe you've never had a father speak that over you. This is my child. This is my son and my daughter. I'm well pleased. Listen, the Holy Spirit is living on the inside to let you know you're a child of God. I purchased you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I'm your Father. I'm pleased with you. Anybody thankful today that the Holy Spirit is living on the inside to tell you and remind you of who you are? He's going to teach you how to love. He's going to teach you how to forgive. He's going to teach you how to be gentle. He's going to teach you how to listen. He's going to teach you what to speak. He is your great teacher and he is your great reminder. And today he is reminding you, I bought you by my blood. I I paid the price on the cross. I am for you and I am with you. Anybody thankful today that there's a spirit living on the inside telling you who you are? He's reminded you, he's reminding you of identity. He's reminding you of destiny. He is saying, Let me remind you, this world is not your home. This is not a perfect place. You're a citizen of heaven. Let me just remind you: no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive the things that are in store for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Let me just remind you, I I I got you out of a miry clay by my outstretched hand. Let me remind you when you were lost, I found you. Let me remind you when you were blind, I opened your eyes. Let me remind you when you you were dead and your sins are brought you to life. Is there anybody that is thankful today that the reminder of the Holy Spirit is reminding us of identity? May you be stirred up by the Holy Spirit to be reminded of the identity that you have in Jesus, the identity that comes from the cross. Let me end with this great scripture. I love this. In Psalm, Psalm 89, It says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. At the foundation of God's throne is his righteousness. And at the foundation of his throne is his justice. We love the thought of justice. We are crying out for justice. Our world needs justice. And yet here at God's throne at the foundation of who He is is righteousness and justice at the foundation of His throne. Why would righteousness and justice be at the foundation of our God's throne? Because at His throne is the blood that was spilled out cross of Calvary to make you righteous before the throne of God there is not a righteousness of your own the Bible says your righteousness is as filthy rags at his throne is righteousness and justice justice meaning we have been justified by Jesus We have been justified, not by our merit, but by our belief in God. At his throne, we are made righteous. And we are made justified because of the life that is found in Jesus. Is there anybody thankful that if there was ever a time that I needed God, that I could come before his throne and I could pray for my nation and I could pray for my friends and I could pray for my city. And I, come on, I, I need some faith today. I could pray for my, for my, for my black friends and my black brothers and sisters and say, listen, at his throne, there is righteousness and there is justice. And the justice you're looking for can only be found in the cross. It can only be, be found in the love of God. Come on, Zoe. Let's thank God today.